Welcome to day 269 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul, here with Cindy and Matt, and we're in our third season together, the story of the prophets. Uh, We've been reading through the prophet Ezekiel, and of course, as we read, you know, through Amos and Isaiah and some of the other pre-exilic, you know, prophets or the prophets that are uh, prophesying to Israel before they actually go into, uh, you know, judgment and are taken out of the land. Uh, you know, we've been warned of this moment. Uh, when we come to Ezekiel, we come to a prophet who has been taken into exile as well. He's there with the people. And so the prophecies he's, you know, seeing are, you know, prophecies that are, you know, about those who remain in Jerusalem. And there'll be one final exile when the city will be devastated and uh, the entire land brought into exile, except for the poorest of the poor, just kind of left there you know, as a, as, a, as a placeholder. So we come to a, a really interesting section. Uh, this is a section we warned you about earlier in the week. It'll be a little bit R-rated at moments as God compares, you know, the unfaithfulness of Israel to uh, the unfaithfulness, you know, of a wife to her husband. And for those who don't see the grief of idolatry, they would certainly feel the pain of a wife that you know, betrayed them or was unfaithful mm-hmm. to them, especially, you know, to the extent, you know, that it is described here. The words are very graphic, you know, in places and hard to read. And it's intended to have that visceral kind of reaction, you know, for us. And, and we aren't mm-hmm. just to see the ugliness of, of you know, the... Uh, unfaithful wife, we are also, you know, called to see the ugliness of our own sin and to look much deeper in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to read uh, chapter 16, which is an extended metaphor, the longest single prophecy in you know, Ezekiel in three different parts. It's going to be a little bit different than how it's in, in your app and how we've listed it for you of uh, bringing it to some more natural spaces. So today, instead of 1 through 18, we'll do uh, 1 through 22. So if you have our Bibles, uh, you know, I guess if you're driving your car right now, don't turn in your Bible. and Just look straight ahead and listen. <laughs> uh, we're in Ezekiel 16, 1 through uh, 22. And as always, before we read, uh, we realize what an opportunity we have to know God, to hear God, to see God, and uh, to be molded by God into the image of His Son. Uh, and so we desire all of those things as we come to His Word. So Matt, uh, before we read, do you mind lifting us up in a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, that is our desire as we come to You through Your Word, is that it would have a profound effect on us, and um, it would search us and and transform us. Father, we thank You that Your Word is um, Your very power to, to change and to shape us, and, and so we ask that You would do that. At this time, uh, Father, search us, know our anxious thoughts, and see if there's any offensive way in us. Uh, lead us into the path of everlasting as we um, hear your word and, and listen to you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Ezekiel 16, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, confront Jerusalem with her detestable practices and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says uh, to Jerusalem. Your ancestry and birth were in the land of the Canaanites. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. On the day you were born, your cord was not cut, nor were you washed with water to make you clean, nor were you rubbed with salt or wrapped in cloths. No one looked on you with pity or had compassion enough to do any of these things for you. Rather, you were thrown out into the open field, for on the day you were born, you were despised. Then I passed by, and I saw your kicking about in your blood, and as you lay there in your blood, I said to you, Live. 
I made you grow like a plant of the field. You grew and developed and entered puberty. Your breasts had formed and your hair had grown, yet you were stark naked. Later I passed by, and when I looked at you and saw that you were old enough for love, I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your naked body. I gave you my solemn oath and entered into a covenant with you, declares the Sovereign Lord, and you became mine. I bathed you with water and washed the blood from you and put ointments on you. I clothed you with an embroidery dress and put sandals of fine leather on you. I dressed you in fine linen and covered you with costly garments. I adorned you with jewelry. I put bracelets on your arms and a necklace around your neck, and I put a ring on your nose, earrings on your ears, and a beautiful crown on your head. So we were adorned with gold and silver. Your clothes were of fine linen and costly fabric embroidered cloth. Your food was honey, olive oil, and the finest flour. You became very beautiful and rose to be a queen. And your fame spread among the nations on account of your beauty because of the splendor I had given you made your beauty perfect, declares the sovereign Lord. But you trusted in your beauty, and you used your fame to become a prostitute. You lavished your favors on anyone you passed by, and your beauty became his. You took some of your garments to make gaudy high places uh, where you carried on your prostitutions. You went to him, and he possessed your beauty. You also took the fine jewelry I gave you, the jewelry made of gold and of silver, and you made for yourselves male idols and engaged in prostitution with them. And you took your embroidered clothes to put on them, and you offered my oil and incense before them. Also the food I provided for you, the flour, the olive oil, and the honey I gave you to eat, you offered as fragrant incense before them. That is what happened, declares the Sovereign Lord. And you took your sons and daughters whom you bore to me and sacrificed them as food to the idols. Was your prostitution not enough? You slaughtered my children and sacrificed them to the idols. And all your detestable practices in your prostitution, you did not remember the days of your youth when you were naked and bare, kicking about in your blood. And as hard as those images are, they'll get a little bit harder before we even finish you know, this chapter. Uh, but there is picture, you know, in ancient times, a very common to uh, do what you've read here, you know, in the pagan nations to abandon the child and just simply leave it laying in the, in the desert. And God said, I found you as abandoned and naked and despised, and I brought you to be my own. I became a husband to you. I swore faithfulness to you in a covenant. And uh, yet you took all the good gifts I gave you and you freely gave them to anyone who wanted them, the very things, you know, that I gave you to perfect you in your beauty, uh, you used as gifts, you know, to uh, your idols and your prostitutes. You you prostitute yourself to anyone who came along and anyone who asked for your favor. Yeah, that's one of those haunting sections, 14 and 15, especially when you know, God says, I you know, found you in this condition, but then I began to, mm-hmm. to make you beautiful and you became very beautiful and rose to be a queen and your fame spread among the nations on account of your beauty because the splendor I had given you made your beauty perfect, declares the sovereign Lord, but you trusted in your beauty and used your fame to become a prostitute. And, and that there's so much, I mean, that could be levied against us today as well. Just, mm-hmm. you know, God beautifies his, his bride and, and yet the very thing that, you know, he does in us, we use for our own purposes, mm-hmm. you know, rather than his. And so just seeing, seeing that on display, and there's a lot more we could say about that, but mm-hmm. that's pretty striking. And I can't help but as we read this, um, 
just take note of what's not said, which, you know, where I'm going to go to and appreciate is just that while this is considered a wife and a bride, um, I guess nine, I bathed you with water and washed. It makes me even think um, that because of the work of Christ, that he does the washing and, and the, the renewing, that now the bride becomes the church and she has different clothes and she's um, an acceptable bride, but not because of anything that she did. Because obviously this is this is where she would have gone and she would have been and where we are. But because of the work of Christ, we have the new garments and we're washed and we're received and we're redeemed. And um, anyway, that's... Now, and you have that image in Ephesians 5, you know, uh, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. And he talks about washing her with water to purify her and, and cleansing her. And so you do have, you do have this, you know, you do have this image. And, and of course, you also have, you know, a uh, wonderful before and after picture of our salvation when exactly. we were despised and broken and, mm-hmm. and abandoned and left for dead and yet we were nourished and uh, we were brought into you know, the presence of a loving God and then you have this wonderful image of I spread my you know garment over you mm-hmm. in, in all of your nakedness you know in order to cover you and to make you my own and I gave you these lavish you know gifts and embroidery clothes and how many times did we find you know, in Scripture, his clothes is a picture of our salvation. Right. They were given to the wayward son when he returns home. They were given, you know, to uh, the priest Zechariah. You know, or, and, and we'll read about that in the future in our story of the prophets as he is restored, you know, to a place of honor. And, of course, we're called to have put on Christ, to take mm-hmm. away our old self and to put on Christ. So it is a picture, you know, of the standing and, and the salvation we have in him, not just simply salvation, but he brings us in, adopts us, and, and gifts us with the lavish gifts that only he can, he can give. And, of course, the sad end of the story is uh, where, you know, we often use the very gifts God has given us in pursuit of things that are not at all pleasing to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just thinking practically, I mean, reading this at and in light of what you were just saying is, you know, we've been lavished by the grace of God mm-hmm. and lavished with the grace of God and all the benefits of our salvation and union with Christ. I mean, you just listed a bunch of those. How do we respond to those? You know, and that's kind of the, the question is, do we respond like true Israel and the way we ought to respond as his church? Or do we respond like the Israel we see here, mm-hmm. you know, and take those gifts and run towards other things. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, no matter how faithful, you know, we, we uh, you know, we become, there's a little bit of this in all of us. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we take the good gifts that God has given us, we separate them from God and use them, you know, for our own means and our own end. And, and obviously none of it that is nearly this ugly to us, but now we're mm-hmm. seeing this, you know, through the eyes of God rather than through our eyes where mm-hmm. we take our sin, you know, very lightly. And it's, it's a very stark picture. None of us, you know, personally would want to be betrayed to this level. And we would think it horrific, you know, if this happened to us. And, and of course, you know, God as well sees it as very horrific. Mm-hmm. He is not unaffected by our sin and by our unfaithfulness. Mm-hmm. It, it indeed breaks his heart. Mm. Father, and there's a hard picture. 
And we realize, you know, as James told us, we look into your word often, we are looking into a mirror. And here the picture we see is at once, you know, very ugly and very beautiful, ugly in who we are and what we tend to be, but beautiful in the gifts that you lavish on us to redeem us and, and to bring us into relationship with you. We thank you that you have loved us, not because we were lovely, mm -hmm. uh, but because of your great mercy. And Father, may we live in light of the extravagant love that you've given us, and may we respond not as an unfaithful uh, wife, but as a faithful covenant partner. Mm -hmm. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.